Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey! Oh, man, what a night we had last night. College Hoops delivers. Don't at me. We are right here. The YouTube chat will be popping. We're here on Twitter. What a freaking night. Holy hell, we had great hoops, but what's going on in our country? Will somebody please explain to me? Please, God, explain to me. And here's the deal. I would love you to interact with this show. You can interact on Twitter at Dan Dockich and at Outkick, all right? You can interact, Dan at 1070thefan.com. I would love to hear from you. And you can always interact on our YouTube chat. Our YouTube chat, look, just go, just go to youtube.com and then don't at me and here I am. Even though my head is starting to uh, peel from a great vacation. Anyway, did you see the weirdness last night? Like, look, Joe Biden did what Joe Biden does. He's a politician. He's rallying the troops. He act, uh, the stuff that he was saying last night was meaningless. I mean, let's be honest. When Joe Biden talks, it's like I used to say to my kids with my ex-wife. What do you hear when you hear mommy talk? Blah, 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 blah. Joe Biden could say whatever, and all I'm going to think is that he's a career politician that's rallying the troops. But the weirdness was in the background. The weirdness was, um, well, let's, let's get to it after. Hey, fellas, let's put up the headbutts, can we? The headbutt. For some reason last night, Joe Biden decided, and I don't know why, maybe he's just smarter than all of us. Maybe we're all not as smart as him. I don't know, but he can headbutt and we can't. Joe Biden threw a couple of headbutts as he was leaning in. I don't know if he fell asleep. I, I don't know what he was, but I know this. In the world of all of you defending Jawan Howard, these women could have overhand-righted Joe Biden because he touched them. He headbutted. You're not allowed to headbutt. He headbutted. What is he doing? Like, what could you possibly be thinking? I got an old sports writer. I'm not going to say his name because you never heard of him. But an old sports writer, shocking enough, the most liberal of us, they, they're so left, I can't, I don't, they don't even have a right shoe. They call both of their shoes left. But what in the hell is Joe Biden? You see, what is he doing headbutting some woman? And it's not the only time. He's leaning in, and then he headbutts. Like, I know that Trump was a maniac. I get it. But God dang, I mean, I don't think he headbutted people after he gave a State of the Union address. What the hell is this? And I got a guy, this old sports writer, that says, oh, that's nothing. He was just leading in. I'm 59 years old. Uh, I've never leaned in. I mean, I got knee pain. I got a fake hip. 
I got all kind of stuff that, uh, wrong with me, but I never leaned into a woman. Are there any videos of Joe Biden headbutting a dude, leaning in on a dude? What are we doing in this country? And then I look, I don't know which way her mouth was going. I don't know. I, Hey, look, and I get it. If you say anything, then you're a, a sexist, but Nancy Pelosi is off limits to sexist. You can't not make fun of Nancy Pelosi. I'm telling you, it's physically impossible to not make fun of the ridiculous plastic surgeries, the ice cream in the fridge. You can't. She's the gift that keeps giving. And if Saturday Night Live wasn't such a douchebag show, they'd be making fun of her every day, every week. But we get it. Our media doesn't want the left, the left, the left. Look, I'm not left or right. I just make fun of all the idiots. All right, let's put up Pelosi. Pelosi, for some reason, in the middle of it, goes combination crazy old lady and chipmunk. You can say crazy old guy, too, It's you know, but she happens to be a woman. She goes chipmunk on us. I think she soiled herself. I do. I think she wet her pants. She, for some reason, decided to get up and do something. I don't even know what she did here. It's unbelievable what these people do. And we defend it. She's... And that's not even the good part. She was the only one standing up. I had an aunt. Did you ever see the show Soap? Soap was one of the great shows. Jessica Tate was the wife of Chester Tate, and she was portrayed as a dingbat. Catherine Helburn was a great actress, in my opinion. Well, we had an aunt. We called her Aunt Jess because she was just whacked out. Look, look at what are we? That's with nobody else in the building standing up. And that's not it. We can't play the video. I wish we could. Go to my Twitter feed. The video is up. It is the most unbelievable. And people actually defended this shit last night. Jim Reed says drinker of the house. Dustin Kelly thinks she let out a wet one. Sean Black says whatever Pelosi did will be the new dance for high school kids. What are we doing? Our president gives an incoherent speech talking about the Iranian people. He just talks I wish he could do something. I wish he would. I mean, why didn't Russia, if, if, if Trump was so in bed with Russia, why didn't Russia invade Ukraine when Trump was the president? Because they would have had an ally. I don't know, man. Is Dan going to make fun of Republicans too? See, there's a guy on here named Ed Rogers. Ed is one of those dudes that no matter what, it always comes back to Trump. Trump hadn't been in the White House in two years. This is our guy. 81 million votes voted for. Headbutt. (laughs) Look, Ed, I'm sorry. If you can't, you're on the YouTube chat and I love you and you're there all day. But if you can't see the ridiculousness of both sides, Ed, I cannot help you. And I'm going to let you go because it's just so mind-boggling to me that as American people, we've got these folks that are so left. They All they ever do is say, well, Trump would have, Trump's gone. Talk about your guy. He hadn't done shit. Gas prices through the roof. 
Borders just rushing people. Talk to I, I, I'll give you a guy's name, Paul Krebs, down in Albuquerque. He says, damn, Albuquerque's not even by the border. We got people running through our neighborhoods illegal all the time. Borders just going. COVID, I don't know, man, but it was a COVID miracle last night. It was. All of a sudden, out of the blue, what? Kid, this is where it's evil. This is where it's just straight evil. These people making kids wear masks in school, yet all of a sudden, because of a State of the Union address, they don't have to wear masks. That's effing evil. That is. That's just straight out effing evil. That you put kids through that. Imagine yourself as a kid and you've got to go to high school, grade school, middle school every day wearing a mask and you see these clowns all of a sudden. Like two days ago, I showed you the video or showed you the picture of Trump's dumb, or of, of uh, Biden walking in a field by himself with a mask. And, a, you know, all of a sudden, well, you know, all of a sudden, because these idiots are going to get squashed in the midterms, no masks. That's pure evil. I don't give a damn what side of the fence you're on. If you're a human being and you have any sense at all, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That is pure, unadulterated evil to put kids through that for reasons of elections, for reasons of getting your power. I believe that that's what you did, and that's evil. Stone cold effing evil. All of a sudden, at a freaking uh, state of the... I get pissed off about that because I'm a big fan of kids, man. You know, I get I get crap all the time, but I, I, I'm all for kids. Anybody that ever known me will know. The Indy Star, we got a writer there that gets mad because I publicize uh, my bikes program for kids. I don't give a shit what he wants. I don't give a damn what he wants. I'm for kids. And to put kids in masks who are the least likely to be hurt by COVID is total bullshit, particularly when all of a sudden you, because it's a State of the Union address and somebody's actually paying attention to your dumb asses, uh, all of a sudden you don't have to wear a mask. Why didn't you do that two weeks ago? No, it's a bunch of crap. It's, yeah, kids are tough. That's what Ed says. That's the answer right there to the absolute asinine. Uh, Kids are tough and the people you saw last night are idiots. Nancy Pelosi. Where was her face? I don't think she can control her face. It's unbelievable to me. Standing up, sitting, what what are you doing? What was Shermer doing? He said, nobody stood. Oh, what a pack of complete idiots. Honest to God. This idiot actually says kids are tough. Instead of just simply saying, you know, that's a mistake. But they can't do it. I got this writer from the Fort Wayne whatever saying, well, a headbutt is normal. Really? When's the last time you leaned in on a woman at a function and headbutted her? Hey, Lee. Now, Lee's like, I don't give a damn if that's your sister that's creepy. Of course it is. Of course it is. But you can't just say when you're so in, it's like Purdue basketball fans. You can't just say, hey, that's that's bullshit. Now, Ed, my dad beat me every day. Nobody, I, I'm done with that. Ed is too stupid. It's amazing. Like, I, I'm not even a Democrat or Republican. I voted for me. You think I'm voting for these idiots? Are you out of your mind? Trump, 
Hillary, Biden, not a chance in holy hell. None. But last night was a shit show that is beyond epic proportions. Look, I thought, look, those of you that get off and you think it actually matters what Biden said, then you haven't paid attention over the last however many years. That's a politician just talking. You know, he's talking about Ukraine and the, the people. and uh, Yeah, well, guess what happened? Putin doubled down last night. This is what a guy actually said. At Ben Smith for real. Oh, for God's sakes. He leaned in close to say something to her. Hey, Dylan, can we put that picture back up of the headbutt? Usually when you lean in to hear something, you go kind of like that. You don't go kind of like. He leaned in close to say something to her. They touched foreheads. So effing what? Well, Ben here, of course, is a writer. Of course, he is the most liberal of all of us. And of course, that's what we do. Uh, Of course, one guy, a a, a young lady named C. Corin says, both times? Ben's got nothing. You know, uh, Ben, can you imagine if it was a kid, the smell of death coming at you? That's just creepy, the whole thing. Sonny Corleone says what I said. Hey, provide a video of him doing this to even one man. The dude sniffs little kid's hair. What are you doing? I'm sorry. And I got a whole list of things with uh, sports today, but that was the creepiest shit I've ever seen. That was the, that was a Saturday night skit, except we all know that Saturday night has their heads so far up liberal ass, they can't see straight. We get that. We know that. But if you don't think that was a shit show last night, then you're an idiot. I, 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 that's all I got for you. We got the dude leaning in. We got Nancy Pelosi. We got Shermer. We got an incoherent talking about uranium. The people of uranium. Jesus, what are we doing? You know how many times I'd have been fired if I was at ESPN right now? Uh, you know how many hundreds of times I'd have been fired if I was, uh, uh, <laughs> if I worked for even tweeting anything? I got in trouble for sending a tweet to a friend of mine that I forget what the initials were, but it wasn't what ESPN think. I had to talk to Norby Williamson and Lee Finning about doing a game because, oh, decency. What a absolute shit show last night. It's what a president looks like. This is what this idiot says. Since the country didn't have one from 17 to 20, all I know, man, is gas prices were low. All I know is the borders were secure. That's all I know. I get it. Man, are you people so one-sided and insane. The world is awesome. I can't stop talking about this. I really can't. Uh, I, and I believe this. I, I believe that there's no way Putin would have invaded the Ukraine if Trump was in president because Trump told them. Trump was tough. Biden has been so full of shit. Now Biden's going to cure cancer. Okay. All right. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Did you see Maxine Waters? <laughs> Maxine Waters so pissed 
uh, that Biden stumbled out of his mouth that uh, they're going to uh, fund the police. Maxine Waters looked like she shit herself. In fact, I think Maxine Waters did shit herself. She'll be mad, though. She'll try to get somebody out of first class so she can sit there. (laughs) Oh, man. Last night was awesome. Last night gave you so much. And, you know, it's shows like ours that have to tell the truth. It's shows like ours that are needed around here. Are you going to listen to my man Ben, the former columnist? He was just leaning in. Where do we get these people? And when did all this start? Well, Trump, that's, you know, you're going to have 8 million old white guys that are former sports writers or current sports writers on their deathbed. Trump, 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 Trump. (laughs) All right. Last night, uh, Major League Baseball canceled its first two series of the year. I'm not one of those that thinks Major League Baseball's dead. Just stop. You all want it to die because you think only old white guys go as fans, and that's just not true, man. What I see at baseball games is dads and sons and daughters and having a great time. So Major League Baseball, once again, can't get out of its own way. It has canceled at least the first two series. They're going to meet again tomorrow, uh, and away we go. Players are going to say it's management. Management's going to say to players, all I know is this. If you're playing a sport and like Alve or Jose Altuve can make $134,000 per day, then you ought to shut up and go play. I mean, I get it. I'm wrong. And I have some friends that are Major League Baseball players. Rob Dibble came on my show, who's a friend of mine. And we all, you know, I'm, I'm all for unions and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, man, you're making $134,000 a day. And you're not the highest paid dude. You're not the highest paid dude. Some guy asked me last night, are you mad, bro? Yeah, I kind of am. I mean, I, I expect better from our people. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around. But no person with an open mind that gets out of their house, his or her house, can look at that last night and go, man, what a great place. It is a great place, greatest country ever, and we have total idiots running it. You're telling me in the entire United States, that's the best guy to run our country And the crazy lady behind him is the best gal to run the house. Okay. All right. All right. If that's what you're telling me, I buy it. What a shit show. All right. College hoops. Woo! There is no way Wisconsin can beat Purdue twice if you line them up next to each other. Wisconsin has no chance physically against Purdue. None. And I got to tell you, Purdue fans, I guess you got to, I don't know, win, win the Big Ten tournament, it'll all go away. But what a disappointment. I mean, and here's the deal. What I do, unlike every broadcast in the country, I tell you why things happen. And the reason it happened last night for Purdue in a loss was two things. One, Purdue did not get to help side quick enough. You have to be in help side against Wisconsin. And that means if I am two passes away, meaning I've got the ball, there's a guy here, there's a guy here. That's one pass away. Two passes maybe in the corner. If I've got the ball in the wing, it's the opposite wing. When you're two passes away, you've got to get in help early. And I counted 18 points that Wisconsin scored because Purdue was in help side late. And when you're in help side late, you give up layups or you foul or both. 
And Purdue was awful at that. Usually one of the best teams in the country. But Purdue was not very good at that. Second thing is, I, I, don't, I don't know what Purdue does offensively anymore. Sometimes they throw it in the post. Sometimes they run Stefanovic. Sometimes they stand around and watch Jaden Ivey. I used to think Purdue had the best offense in the country because they cut, move screen, came off screens. I don't know anymore. What you do when you run a motion offense is this. You wear the opponent down. That's what you do. Well, Purdue gets wearing opponents down, and then they stop. And by the end of the game, it became Jaden Ivey one on five. Last thing, Wisconsin. I don't give a damn whether you like him. I don't give a damn whether you think he's old, whether he's, uh, I don't know, dirty. Brad Davison is a bad man, period. And if I was a recruiter in college basketball, Brad Davison is engaged to a young lady named Tyra Buss. Tyra Buss is the, I think, the all-time leading scorer at Indiana. If I'm Greg Gard, I'm already recruiting their kid because Brad Davison can ball. He's tough. He's unafraid. He makes all the winning plays. Tyra Buss can ball. And next thing you know, if they ever have a kid, that kid will win you a championship. Salute to Brad Davison, Johnny Davis last night, Greg Gard, his entire staff. Remember this. Last year, an idiot assistant named Alondo Tucker who was the all-time leading scorer at Wisconsin, did some bullshit to Greg Gard. He taped the team meeting. Then you had these idiots, older, older players. Reavers. You had, can I get a cup of coffee? Reavers. You had Potter. You had Trice. You had all these clowns that are sitting there whining. And this idiot, Alondo Tucker, he decides, thank you, he decides that he's going to turn this all over to the newspaper. Barry Alvarez, the AD, stuck with Greg Gard. And now they're Big Ten champs. Salute to everybody. Nastrovia. Zivio, and my people say. Uh, Nova Providence, look, here's the deal. Providence for real. Providence was actually a 10-point underdog in this game last night. They were. They were a 10-point Snoop Doggy Dog last night. And guess what? They won the game. I'm sorry, they lost the game by two. That's found money. People still don't believe in Providence. You best start believing in Providence and Villanova. Both of those teams could make a run to the Final Four. Obviously not if they're in the same region. TCU. I was there when Jamie Dixon fell completely out of favor, completely out of favor with the folks at Pittsburgh. I was doing an NIT game. Can't remember who they played. I really like Jamie Dixon. He fell out of favor. I mean, the old fat cat sitting there on the front row, they were mad. Jamie and I were on a plane the next morning. I was going to another game. He was going recruiting. He saw the writing on the wall. He ends up at TCU. So what does he do at TCU? He loses a pro, Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain's playing well in the NBA, but what 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 does... Jamie Dixon do? I had a Joe Biden moment right there. Did you see me? All I did needed to do was headbutt somebody. What does Jamie Dixon do? He leads TCU back into the NCAA tournament, and he gets him a win last night over Kansas. I'm telling you, and you are right, Jay Tony. You did said it. You did say it. 
You did say take Providence, but I got to tell you, TCU, I love it, man. Bad night for my Hoosiers. Bad night. I didn't even talk about Michigan getting or beating the living hell out of Sparty. I didn't talk about that. So they've jumped over, my boys at Indiana. Indiana tonight takes on Rutgers. It's kind of a playing game, but kind of not. I'll explain later. The Mavericks and the Lakers. Now, look, the only reason I'm paying attention to this is because it is an absolute shit show with the Lakers. Let me just tell you this. The Lakers lost. All right, let me do a quick roundup, and I'm going to get into most of this when we come back uh, with Armando. But the lockout won't kill baseball. It won't. There'll still be 40,000 fans in Wrigley Field and other places in mid-June. When your team wins six in a row and all of a sudden your rival comes in, you're going to be there. You're going to want to be there. You're still going to want to take your kid, say whatever you want, get all the little pundits who don't like baseball because it's too white or whatever the reason. Uh, Guess what? Baseball is going to be just fine. Uh, The New York Giants are going to listen to offers for Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is, is the Tracy McGrady of the NFL. Tracy McGrady came in, got all these endorsements in the NBA, never won jack shit. Saquon Barkley, same thing. He's come into the NFL, he's come in there and not done nothing. He's hurt, but you see him on all these commercials. Oh my God, Saquon Barkley's the Tracy McGrady of the NFL. Green Bay says no trade offers have been made for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, who can blame him? I mean, the dude is under contract. What are you going to do, give up everything for a 39-year-old quarterback? I personally wish the Colts would. I do. Later on today at 1 o'clock, I have Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, on my show in studio. We do it once a year. I am the most vocal critic. In fact, I'm the only critic in Indiana. Indianapolis, anyway, of Chris Ballard. The Indianapolis media loves Chris Ballard. We got guys that write for whatever that thing is called, the Atlantic, Atlantic, whatever the hell it is. The Indy Star is in pocket with a bunch of 20-year-olds trying to write. But I'm the only one, so it could get contentious. And I don't understand why Chris Ballard and their entire staff – thank you, my love. I don't understand why Chris Ballard and their staff are sitting there throwing Carson Wentz under the proverbial bus – I also got to tell you, that's the first time I've ever used the term under the bus. I hate that term. You like that term? That sucks. Anyway, I don't get it. And lastly, the Biden State of the Union. I was going to talk about it at this time, but it was too rich, too good, too good in its awfulness. What did he say? He didn't say shit. And if you pay attention... It's just another politician telling us, remember, wasn't it supposed to be, oh, I don't know. I think it was supposed to be the winner of doom and death. Isn't that what it was supposed to be? Am I reading that right? The winner of doom and death? Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> the winner of doom and and death. And all of a sudden now, um, when, remember this about Biden. And I'm not trying to change anybody's mind. I'm just telling you the way it is. Remember this. He wanted people that weren't vaccinated to lose their jobs. He came out and said that. He wanted them. He openly said, 
We want you to lose your job if you are not vaccinated. Yesterday, this clown said, well, you know, well, you know, we uh, want to make this non-political. So 10 minutes after telling people who a year ago, two years ago, were considered angels. Look, I know I'm supposed to be a bad guy, but I'm the only radio host in the country, sports radio show, that for 60 straight shows had healthcare workers on my show and bought them lunch. 60 straight. I saw, I heard what these people went through. And a year later, these same healthcare workers have to be fired, according to our president, because they're not vaccinated, because they made a personal choice. And now this guy, our president, says, let's bring us together. There's nobody other than ESPN guys on morning shows that tries to divide more than our president. And now when it feeds him, he wants to bring us together. I'm cool with it. I don't hold no grudges. I mean, if that's who you are, that's who you are. Full of shit. We'll be back. I'm on one. We got Armando next. Uh, He is the best. His name is Armando Salguero. You can read him right here on OutKick. And if you read him, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to get smarter. Now, I don't know what else I can say, but you're going to get smarter. He could write a book about my feet and you'd get smarter because you're listening to Armando Armando Salguero. Hey, uh, let me go. You ready? Let's go. Combine stuff. I'm ready. ready? Here we go. All right. All right. What can the New York Giants, who are apparently listening to offers for Saquon Barkley, number one, what can they get for him? Number two, you think they'll trade him? Yeah, so so a scout asked me that question yesterday. And by the way, Dan, a scout for another team. So if Saquon Barkley is indeed on the trade market, which is what Joe Shane, the general manager of the Giants, basically said yesterday, um, I'm thinking, you know, probably a, at least a fourth round pick. You got to understand he's only signed for one year. So it's really a rental and it's an expensive rental because it would cost whatever team that he's joining $7 million, which is a high price for a running back. But if you're a team that thinks it's a running back away and you think that he's explosive and better than you can get in the fourth round, or maybe even the third round. Why not him? Um, well, the only reason I would say why not him is because he's always injured, and that would be it. But obviously, he's a talent. What's going on? I, mean, I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What other than injury? What is New York? Are the Giants just that dysfunctional that they can't even use a talent like uh, Barkley? Well, it's not dysfunction. I don't think not with the new guys. Not with you know, Brian Dayball and not with Joe Shane. The issue is they're $25 million over the cap. And so you got to be under the cap. And one way to do that is to shed contracts. And that's why it's basically Joe Shane has announced that we're open for business, quote unquote, meaning most everyone on the roster, not the entire roster, but most everyone else is, uh, is available, and he's going to listen to whatever offers are out there. 
This is the biggest question in Indianapolis. And I, I have Chris Ballard in studio with me today. And I've been a very, very, very vocal critic of Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, and this regime. So I'm bringing boxing gloves uh, when Chris comes in studio. But they, they have basically said, you know, Carson Wentz is not our guy. They haven't said he is their guy. They haven't said he isn't, but they've, they've hemmed and hawed. So for Indianapolis fans, realistically, Armando, who's an upgrade over Carson Wentz? Yeah, I don't think that there's anyone out there that you can point to and say absolutely better. Tom Brady is not there, by the right. way. Uh, you know, Joe Montana's not coming back. Uh, there's, there's, there's not going to be guy. Neither, by the way, is Andrew Luck, unless they know something that no one else knows, including Andrew Luck. The problem with, uh, <laughs> with the Colts right now and Carson Wentz is we're two months after the season and they're still talking, Dan, about doing an evaluation on Carson Wentz. Now I was born at night, but not last night. And I know that it doesn't take two months to do an evaluation on the quarterback you had in-house for the last year. That evaluation has sailed down the river. It is done. And the fact that they're not saying that he's their quarterback means he's not their quarterback. Simple as that. And it means that they're going to try to upgrade. But the, obviously, you brought up the great question. Who's that upgrade? You know, maybe a, I don't know that it's a guy like Jameis Winston or Mitchell Trubisky. It has to be a veteran because that team is a veteran team that is ready for the playoffs were it not for their problems at quarterback. Armando, let me, let me go a couple names for you. In your mind, is Jimmy G an upgrade? So a healthy Jimmy G... I think is an upgrade for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, but I'm not sure that that's the guy that they have in mind because you got to understand for, first of all, he just had surgery, shoulder surgery yesterday. So that's one thing. He's not going to be working for the next two months. Number two, when you're planning to get rid of your quarterback, you better have someone in mind that you know you're going to get Jimmy G is signed with the San Francisco 49ers. They have to trade for him. And that means they have to possibly beat out someone else. That means they have to meet San Francisco's price. The way to know that you're going to get someone typically is those nod and wink kind of agreements with free agents that get done right here in Indianapolis. And that's the way I think it's going to happen. Let, let, me, let me ask you, sometimes I'm going to go back to the evaluation that you said, and this is not only the Colts, but this is other teams as well. When, when Chris Ballard or other GMs talk about we're in the evaluation process, I'm assuming, and I think you are too, that they're evaluating Wentz. Is it possible that they're evaluating other quarterbacks? No, it's absolutely. And they should be. Absolutely. Okay. In fact, Yesterday, Frank Reich said, you know what? This evaluation, you go back to the tape and for Carson and other guys, and it's easy to think other guys meaning on your team. I think he's he left it open to meaning other guys on other teams 
and other quarterback guys on other teams. So absolutely, and comparing them to Carson Wentz to see how they stack up. So what I'm thinking is they've been studying the, 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 the landscape and they're way down the road on the process, way past the idea of Carson Wentz, do we pay him $22 million for another roller coaster ride season? Or do we save $28 million, which is a roster bonus due March 19th, plus a $22 million salary, and try it with someone else? Let me go this route because other teams are looking for quarterbacks. Let's say for the sake of argument that they do let Wentz go. And, it, and as I'm, I'm with you. It seems like that's what's going to happen. Will he end up as a starting quarterback somewhere else? I think he will. And I absolutely. Too. And the reason for that, if you look at Carson Wentz from a statistical perspective alone without actually having seen him play, he's a good quarterback. I think he had some. Right. 24 touchdown passes, seven interceptions. So those stats suggest, okay, we can win with this guy. He's not a foof. But then you watch the games and you watch the bad decisions and the inaccurate throws. And if you watch the season finale against Jacksonville, a game that Indianapolis needed to win to get into the playoffs and Carson Wentz, against a terrible team delivered his worst game of the season. That's when you start to understand why the Colts don't want to pay that price for that kind of performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I but I always say this and it, this goes to any team, like particularly a quarterback, you got to have somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and if they trot Sam Ellinger out there, that'll be a problem. I mean, I think that'll be a problem. That's the way I look at it. That ain't that ain't great. Sam Ellinger can't be your solution. He's the backup. No way. No way. I can pretty much get you Sam uh, Ellinger won't be the, the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis yeah. Colts. Uh, I, I do have to say, Carson Wentz is 20, going on 27 years old. He is definitely a guy that is going to seduce someone into giving him another chance to start because he is six foot five, because he has a great arm, because he is mobile, because of his stats and because of his ceiling. The problem is who's going to believe in themselves. And there's always someone we can make this guy into something. He's not been anywhere else. You know, in Indianapolis, Armando, Pat McAfee lives literally a quarter mile that way. And Pat has, every Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers on his show. And Indianapolis fans swear that because Pat has a relationship with Aaron Rodgers, that Aaron Rodgers is coming to Indianapolis. In fact, one day, Armando, Aaron Rodgers wore blue on Pat's show. Colt fans said, see, that's a sign. That's a sign, Armando. He's coming to Indy. Now, yesterday, the GM of the pack said, we've had no trade offers for Rodgers. Do you buy that? And what would it take to get an Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay? Well, so for the record, I think that Aaron Rodgers is either going to stay with Green Bay or retire. 
right? But obviously Ooh. there is the, the possibility that he might decide, hey, I just, the grass is greener over there. And so that's where I'm going. And the way I see it, Aaron Rodgers leaving the Green Bay Packers to go to Indy or the Denver Broncos, which is another team that's been strongly mentioned. Why, if you're Aaron Rodgers? And if you're those teams, you're not going to make an offer right now when he's not even on the market. You don't even know if he's going to play. So this is going to play out. And the way it's going to play out, Dan, is first Aaron Rodgers, you know, the smoke comes out of the chimney. Uh, is he going to play or not? Yes or no? Black smoke or white smoke? And then after that, uh, if the decision is I want to play, but I want to take my services elsewhere, then you'll see a bunch of teams offering the Green Bay Packers a trade package. You know, one of the things that I think is fascinating with Aaron Rodgers is that people don't really mention the dude is 39 years old. You know what I mean? I mean, he's 39. Yeah, uh, but, and this is weird, right? So he hasn't shown any decline other than the decline he always has in the playoffs, and he's been doing that for years anyway. NFL quarterbacks now, the way they... they treat their body the way the game is set up to not hurt them. Um, Tom Brady proved you can play into your forties and I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is going to play to age 44, but you know, Ben Roethlisberger who abused his body for years early on, he, you know, he played until he was 39, 40. So And Tom Brady played until he was 44. The idea is that I think that at his current level, Aaron Rodgers could easily play two or three more years. Yeah, I know. it. I think Brady and Breeze, those guys made it okay, right? And to your point, yeah, I think think you're absolutely right. I I don't disagree at all uh, with what you're saying about that. Look – what is the buzz? Who's the number one, number two pick? Who, who, and would you keep the number one pick if you were Jacksonville? Right. So I wrote about that on Outkick this morning. Here's the problem with this draft. There's no great elite pick-me quarterback, right? And so the, the number one overall pick value is not as high as what it would be if there was a quarterback, because typically the reason the teams want to go to number one or go up in the draft, especially in the top five, is to pick a quarterback. Not that guy this year. There are some solid quarterback prospects, but I'd be surprised if any of them go in the top three or four. So maybe even the top five. So what Jacksonville is going to end up doing is looking around the landscape and going, well, nobody wants a chance at an offensive tackle. Nobody wants an edge rusher this high because there's a lot of them. So we're going to have to pick somebody. And I think they either go one of two directions. They either pick a guy that helps keep Trevor Lawrence upright, or they pick a guy who makes the other team's quarterback go down. That's the way you win in the NFL. You keep your guy upright 
and you make the other teams die go to the ground. When when you are there any names? Is is anybody like really good? I know the kid from Oregon. People talk about. I mean, but when I look at this draft, I say, all right, you can take the kid from Michigan. What's his name? Hutchinson. Uh, no, what's Aiden his Hutchinson. name? The kid from yeah, Michigan. Hutchinson. Yeah, Hutchinson. Yeah, you can take him. But I mean, look, as a first pick, does he really excite you? Is he a Bosa? I don't know. You know, like, you know, is Pickett the number one quarterback? Is he good enough? I don't know. You know what I mean? There's nothing there uh, this year, which is very weird because it seems like every year there's a lot there in the draft. You know? I think the word you're looking for is blah. And it's a blah. Blah. As far as, you know, star power is concerned. Now, obviously to these teams, they think Aiden Hutchinson, he's a star. He's going to be our star. And they get all excited about it. Or if, the Jaguars go with Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama, who, you know, 98% of the audience didn't know existed before I just mentioned him. Uh, I yeah, didn't. They're going to love him, and they're going to think he's the guy that's going to help us go forward because now, you know, Trevor Lawrence is not going to be running for his life on every down. But the fact of the matter is the draft, while deep, while good and solid, no star power. It just isn't there this year. There isn't three quarterbacks that are going to go one, two, three that everybody knows about like last year. There isn't like an Andrew Luck generational talent. It's not, it's not this draft. But but that may be a way for Jacksonville to trade the pick and build a roster, build some depth within their roster, because let's be honest, you're not missing out on something great, at least at this point, right? Yeah, but to trade it, someone's got to want it. And again, most, That's true. <laughs> most, true. most teams are going to go, well, let's see, are we going to go up there and get an offensive tackle or, a, you know, a good – defensive end or are we going to stay right where we are and get an offensive tackle and a good defensive end maybe not the best defensive end but there's going to be defensive ends into the the 20s and 30s and some teams say into the second round so why do you give up resources to get a guy that's maybe a little bit better but not markedly better than the guy you're going to get if you just don't move Armando, you mentioned Tom Brady, so let's get into a couple things. First, you think there's any shot he comes back? Any yes. shot? And absolutely, not this year, but I absolutely think Tom Brady is a competitor at heart. And, you know, look, family has tugs at the heartstrings, and it's very important and the most important thing. But after a year with them, my guess will be that football will be tugging at his heartstrings too. And the competitive nature of, of his personality will be moving him. And I think that at that point, he might want to return. And why not? you tell me that, so he is 44. He led the NFL in yards. He threw more touchdown passes than anybody. 
So he was at the top of his game. You're going to tell me that he can't do that at 45 or 46. Uh, I would bet on him and not the naysayer. I'd bet on him and not the naysayer. Hell, I was married 20 years while I was coaching. Then I started doing radio, only worked three hours a day. When I was coaching, I worked 15-hour days. I was home too much, ended up getting divorced. So I understand. <laughs> hey, I, I I get it, man. I do. What? <laughs> hey, uh, you can be uh, – being home is great. It's great. But then it's like, hey, are you ever going to get the hell out of the house? I need a little me time. All right. Do you buy that there was friction between Arians and Brady? I believe that when, you know, alpha males get together and they're working together, that there's at time disagreements. Do I believe that Bruce Arians would come in and basically rip up the game plan and start anew? No, because that would be, you know, disrespectful to his offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, and Brady, who had already been working on the game plan. So I don't believe that's what happened. But are there moments where there's disagreements, where there's friction? Sure. But I think both of those guys are professionals, and I don't believe that that's the reason that Tom Brady retired. Yeah, I don't believe that either. Like, I, I, I everybody, when it, when Arians was here, it was when Chuck Pagano had leukemia and he was, he was fighting it, you know, and Arians became the coach of the year in the league. And the one thing everybody said about Bruce Arians, he's not afraid of confrontation and he don't give a shit who you are. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And, and he is still the same guy now, you know, 10 years later than he was then. Having said that, uh, I think that they both have a healthy respect or had a healthy respect for each other, still do. And if you ask Bruce Arians tomorrow, um, I can bring you back Tom Brady for your team, yes or no? He's going to absolutely say yes. And if you ask Tom Brady tomorrow, hey, um, we're going to, you know, if you come back, it has to come, you have to come back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as made up when you left them, which was with a lot of talent, he would absolutely have the Buccaneers with Bruce Arians as the coach on his list. Hey, um, who? let's say Brady doesn't come back. Let me go through a couple places. Like, who's going to be the quarterback there? If you ask them today, it's Blaine Gabbert. Stop laughing. Stop laughing. Laugh. Blaine Gabbert. Wow, you didn't laugh. That's amazing. How can you? Well, I, I, I'm okay, chuckling. Very good. I'm chuckling because because they did waste, or I don't know about waste, they did use a draft choice on Kyle Trask, did they not? The kid they from did. Florida? They did. And uh, so, you know, he's a developmental guy. They're hoping that he develops. Blaine Gabbard has been in Bruce Arians' uh, offense for four years. And this is the part where I tell you, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going back to, you know, 2019. And in 2020, Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl for them. In 2021, Tom Brady was there and they won 13 games and went to the playoffs. 
In 2019, without Tom Brady, they were seven and nine. And they're going back to that. Amazing how great coaches are when they have guys like Tom Brady. Let me ask you this. Is Mason Rudolph the quarterback for the Steelers opening day? Again, that's uh, one of those, yeah, From this is from the club. Yeah, we're really excited about this guy. Him, Mason, yeah, our guy, Blaine Gabbert, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph, um, you know, Kevin Colbert pointed out that he has a winning record as a starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. which impresses me about 0% because yeah. uh, I saw the way that he performed in those games. And in a couple of those games that the Steelers won, he was under 60% uh, completion percentage. He was in the 50s. Do you know how hard it is for a quarterback to complete <laughs> under 60% of his passes in the modern day NFL? It's like you work at it almost. And because of all the bubble screens and all the dump offs and the check downs, it's like it's, it's a free 60% and he didn't get there. So the idea that the Steelers are happy with that is not accurate. They want to look around. They want to search. They're going to quote unquote exhaust every avenue, uh, and they better because, in my opinion, Mason Rudolph is a good name if you're an Oklahoma State fan, but if you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, you better hope for better. What about Denver? Because a lot of people talking about Denver, right? For uh, what's his face for Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, they they think that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and and I would tell you, um, okay, good luck with that. Uh, first of all, there's other teams with more draft capital than you. Second of all, my guess would be if Aaron Rodgers really wanted to pull a, you know, I'm out of here type of move. I'm thinking he wants to go to the 49ers. I'm thinking that he would like to be uh, with a team that is championship ready were it not for their quarterback, and that's 49ers. And I'm thinking that Aaron Rodgers in the AFC, let's see, let's see who is good in the AFC. The Bengals have Joe Burrow. Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Bills have Josh Allen. In the NFC, Tom Brady just retired. Does Aaron Rodgers want to go to the AFC, or would he prefer to stay in the NFC where he is now the man? I'm wondering if the guy that went on Jeopardy and is a calculating person would think like that. Oh, yeah, he would. So, you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. That dude... I know that dude. Uh, it, look, most guys wouldn't, right? Most guys are competitive. My, I'm a man. I can beat anybody. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, he thinks it through. Yeah, I, I look. My point is, like Mason Rudolph is thought of more highly in Pittsburgh. Then Carson Wentz is, after going 27-7 and seven with almost 4,000 yards, then Carson Wentz is in Indy. That's weird to me, my friend. That is weird. Very, very, very weird to me. Just saying. 
Just saying. Very weird. Yeah, very weird. And I, if I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, don't bet up. Look, if Mason Rudolph goes to camp as the starter of the Pittsburgh Steelers, someone didn't do their job in the Pittsburgh Steelers front office. That's the, that's the best way to put it. Hey, my man, uh, I appreciate you, Armando. Thank you so much. Great stuff. Great stuff as always. I knew it. It always is. You're the best. Thank, Thank you, you sir. Uh, Armando Salguero is one of the, if not the best writers that you're going to find on the NFL. He's just absolutely terrific. And if you get a chance, go follow him on Twitter and you'll get all the information and it's updated. I mean, he continually updates stuff. Now, I'm going to be right back. Allison Williams, America owes Allison Williams an apology. It does. We'll be right back with A-Dubs next. Uh, America owes <laughs> Allison Williams an apology. Allison, I don't, I don't know if you saw last night, but it was a damn COVID <laughs> miracle. Out of the blue. The day before, Joe Biden's walking in a field by himself wearing a mask, and then yesterday, nobody's got masks on. It's a COVID miracle. That is the world we live in, Double D. That's how it goes. One day, it's one way. One day, it's the next. You just check which way the wind and the poles are blowing, and then you make your decision whether or not COVID is still uh, prevalent among an empty field with no one around you, or if you can hug and shake hands and speak you know six inches apart in a crowded room indoors i mean this is this is the upside down topsy-turvy world we're living in like that's what cracks me up these these politicians they make these projections like here in california school mask mandates are lifted in the state march 12th so something changes march 11th march 11th you go to school you have to wear it march 12th you don't because uh, what i don't know like they just make these crazy projections and crazy decisions and say okay on this date this changes but what changes nothing changes the science changes right dan that's what we're told yeah it's just it's a wacko time i was a, I was a third grade smart ass <laughs> i got kicked out of sister geraldine's <laughs> class andy atar and i had to go to mrs jacobs's uh, class and i gotta tell you if my parents were watching that last night and I was in third grade and I saw all of these clowns not wearing masks, I would call it, I'd be like, hey, yo, Sister Geraldine, why we got to wear masks? Mm -hmm. right? Why are we wearing masks in school? Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird and it's so crazy how um, they just like there were multiple points last night where um, Biden said things that was opposite of what's been said by the democratic party for the last several years and they all rally around it, like fund the police right like when did that become the messaging point of the democratic party and everybody celebrates it and stands up and applauds and and the masks are gone and it's like oh we're celebrating all these things and i i, I it was so confusing and my husband and i were watching it which first of all says something right like the state of the union was musty tv last night like i couldn't wait for this thing to come on um i can't i've, I've never felt that way i'm not really into politics but i was like i gotta see how he's gonna spin this thing right i mean things are a disaster and uh we're watching it and we're both looking at each each other like but that's not true right it, it was like if you just say it it's true that's what it felt like like just say it and it's right true. okay right. and then if you say it enough everybody believes you nobody questions it because that's the world we live in and you're not supposed to oh it was so weird i i don't understand though um 
the juxtaposition from two days ago versus last night though for you're right that just really like it, it was so in your face at that point like how do you even reconcile these two images of him you know walking across the lawn with the mask on and then last night hugging shaking hands mingling indoors like yeah I don't I don't know how people um justify it anymore I just don't I I just laugh now honestly did you see any of let's go let's go Biden first did you see him falling forward and headbutting women last night? I missed that. that. I read about it this morning a little bit. Um, I totally missed that. He, yeah, yeah. There, that was like one of many weird, weird moments, right? I just felt like everything was off, um, uncomfortable. Uh, that like the Pelosi, this thing, like what was that? That was so weird. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And that is that like in a Peter Rabbit when they do the forehead to forehead and that means (laughs) I love you, right? They do the forehead to forehead. I don't know. Maybe he's just missed human connection and needs that. I don't know. I I it's just bizarre. But look, he he is ancient. He is ancient. If he was anyone other than the leader of the free world, we'd be like, oh, sweet Joe. He's so old. He can barely, like, he's got to right. prop himself up on you. I mean, it's, it's, it's concerning because he's the president, but he's 80 freaking years old. Like, that's what grandpas do. He's being 80. Like, that's, that's, that's life. It can't change your age just because you change your position. My beautiful wife when nancy pelosi was staring this way she looked at me and she said i think her face got away from her (laughs) (laughs) it was such a good line i just couldn't i just started like the face has its mind of its own and it's gonna go flying over here you know at least her eyebrows were kind of back in place last night like they weren't in the middle of her head so that was a slight improvement uh, but that weird fist yeah. clapping, I don't know. And I hate being mean. I hate being mean to these people. I really, this is not like, I don't enjoy making fun of and, and ridiculing people, but I, I just feel like they kind of deserve it. <laughs> I do too. And, you know, to, back to your point, I kind of think that if you're on the right side of the media, and I'm going to equate this to sports to whether you're a coach or a general manager or an owner or whatever, if you're on the right side of the media, I think anymore, we can go by what you just said. If you say it, it becomes true. If you're on the wrong side of the media, if you say it, then it becomes, oh, that's mm-hmm. bullshit. You know what I mean? Am I making sense? Yeah, that? no, that's what that's what's been driving me nuts is if you are in a certain position, you can say whatever you want and people accept it as fact and they abide by it and believe it and it's Bible and they argue when their family is with it. But if you present them with actually data, like, data-backed information or scientific studies. Um, It doesn't matter where it comes from. They say that's misinformation, that's disinformation. It's like anything they don't like, they just label misinformation. And that's a, 
Oh, that's concerning. And um, yes, it's become something where if you just say it enough, it becomes true. And it, it was that way for the pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? For safe and effective. They just repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. So people repeated it and it was just true. And there was never any, hey, since this time, these numbers, these are the numbers based in these places. There's none of that. It was just simple talking points that were repeated and people heard over and over and became programmed to believe. Um, and it, it was Bible, it was done. And if you questioned it, you were censored or blocked or shamed or ridiculed or um, labeled, you know, any number of, of derogatory things. And that's been the most infuriating part of the last year plus, because you watch these mainstream, you know, like legacy media outlets, and they say these things, and there's no backing it up. And there's no expectation to back it up. It's just taken for granted, like, yeah, of course, they're saying it, and it's true. Um, and I feel that way, like, I've been, um, I don't know, the way I view things now that I see and hear on television is so completely different than it was three years ago. You know, I mean, my, my trust has been completely eroded in our, in our regulatory agencies and our media outlets. And to the point, like, even with this Russia, Ukraine thing, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's Photoshopped. I don't know what's taken out of context. I don't know what's being presented to present one side of the story. And, and you, you just, it's carrying over. So I think there's going to be long-term ramifications of the last two years that we've just lived in when it comes to the trust people have in their politicians and their regulatory agencies and in the mainstream media. I believe that the whole mask thing last night was in response to Democrats getting the shit kicked out of them, or at least seemingly. I, yeah. I, you know, we could all go to sleep like we did the last time, and all of a sudden the election changed. I, I get that. But the, I, and, I, and, and Allison, I said earlier on the show, if that is in fact all of a sudden we're not wearing masks and all of a sudden you know, we're ki keeping kids or, or in schools, we're not having mask mandates anymore, I, I think it's pure evil. I, I think if you are doing this for political reasons, it's pure evil. Now, I don't, well, you know, I, I'm with you. I don't, but, but I'll tell you this. I didn't see Fauci last night. I haven't seen Fauci yeah. in a long time. I mean, here is the thing. If they presented us with information um, that was consistent and said, this is what we're basing it on, but it changes, right? And then they just can slightly manipulate a few things. And then it looks like the numbers look this way. Um, they can say, okay, well, who's hospitalized with COVID instead of, you know, because of COVID, which people have been asking for the differentiation, you know, for two years, but they were deniers and all that. Um, yes. So yes, but I think, I think you're right because there isn't, there isn't anything else you can point to and say, this is why they're changing it at this time. Other than you had the state of the union coming up. He wanted to announce, you know, that they have defeated COVID and that they have been victorious and um, their efforts are working. And then you've got, you've got an election cycle coming up. They're seeing the numbers. They're seeing people are fed up. Um, I don't know what else this is a reaction to, if not that. Here's what's interesting to me though, Dan, is like, how are you going to unweave this from people's minds because there are per certain persons in this party the more vocal ones especially who still want to wear masks and who still think they're necessary and i see them all the time here <laughs> outdoors like biden walking around with a mask on so this has become so intertwined with being demo being a democrat now that how do you break that from from certain people in your party and say like, no, 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 it's okay now because they have been programmed. And this is like, it's like a, it's virtue signaling. And I, I remember a while back, I saw somebody comment on Facebook and it was like, I wear a mask because I don't want to be mistaken for a Republican. And there is such an association now between wearing your mask in public and 
the way you lean and the way you think, like even my own nephew said, yeah, it'll be interesting to see at school who still wears a mask after the 12th. And you'll kind of know which way they lean and which way they vote or think or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you're, you're right. It's become such a virtue signal and uh, it represents so much more than what it did initially and kind of where you stand and how you're aligned. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they kind of navigate this as they try to tell people like, no, no, we're good with you not wearing a mask now. Isn't it amazing? I mean, seriously, wearing a mask determines mm -hmm. who I am and what I believe. I, I think people are just idiots mm -hmm. anymore. I do. I, I, I'm sorry to say it that way, but I, I just think the stupidity. There are automatic assumptions uh, made about you, whether or not you you're wearing a mask. Automatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I, I assume whatever you want, but I'm not. I mean, I got vaccinated because I had to work. Uh, my wife, I think I told you this last mm -hmm. week, went into Athleta. They told her everybody that was vaccinated didn't have to wear a mask. She's yeah. not vaccinated, so she had to wear a mask. She said, hey, I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. They mm -hmm. begged her back. Now she's back, doesn't have to wear a mask. I mean, I, the whole thing is, is, is such crap. And, and, and let me make something clear, Allison. You and I aren't saying COVID isn't no. real. Nobody's saying that COVID hasn't killed people. No one's saying that. We're just discussing common sense and logic. Yeah, and how here. to navigate your way through it and how best to protect yourself and, and to be smart about it. Um, that was the one thing I was waiting for last night. So when he went on his little um, unity segment of the State of the Union and he talked about, you know, seeing each other as Americans again and stopping the divide. And I, I kept waiting for him to say, instead of, the vaccinated and unvaccinated like I thought okay are you gonna are you gonna do that after you went and wished because I think it's still winter right We're technically still in winter like this is still our yeah. winter of death and yeah. devastation for the unvaccinated so are you gonna come back now and make like take that one step further and ask for that unity because that's what people have been have been begging for from the beginning is like 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 can we stop this yet another um delineation of the division with your vaccination status and the segregation that we're seeing in, in country or in, in counties and cities and restaurants. Um, like your administration did that and allowed that and tried to force more of it within the workplace. So I, I kept waiting to see if he would, um, in a call for unity, call for unity between those two groups. And of course he didn't. And uh, he's the one that's driven and vilified this narrative of, of people who don't get the vaccine as the problem and the reason for the pandemic and, and yada, yada, yada. And I thought, okay, here's your opportunity. Like, let's walk it back now and ignore because the science changed, the data changed. We all know different things now. Um, and he, he still, of course, did not do that, um, which I didn't expect, but I was, I was curious when he started talking about unity, like, okay, all right, Mr. President, are you going to, are you going to acknowledge this division that you have driven within our society? Um, and of course, no, but um, I guess I should have known. No, there's, there are two places that have to have division and you do not need to comment on the second. The first one is the political realm. The second one is ESPN and morning shows. If you don't have division <laughs> on those, you got, you got like you, all you got to do is watch those morning shows and it's every morning. If Jalen Rose doesn't have the vision, he's got yeah. nothing. I mean, zero. Yeah, but they, yes. You know what I mean? But it, they don't want just... division on the own set because, like, everybody has to think the same way. They all have to, like, you can't have a true right. counter opinion on that set because that would make things uncomfortable if no. your narrative was actually challenged. Yes. No, that's a very good point. And, um, yeah, both are really being driven home. And it's it's sad and it's 
it seems like hypocritical now anybody that speaks about unity it's just it's it's such a joke it's i don't know all i all i know is this i had 60 straight days i know i'm a bad guy google me people you'll see i'm a bad guy misogynist the whole horrible horrible but i did a horrible human being uh 60 straight days i had healthcare workers on my show at 1 30. uh eskenazi health we we worked with them just to explain this is when the pandemic first started 60 my ratings went in the tank i'm not gonna lie because nobody really mm -hmm. cared, but I wanted to glorify these people, okay? And I'm not just talking about nurses and doctors, I'm talking about people that cleaned rooms. I'm talking about a custodian who sat with patients where nobody else was there. These people are now, or have been, getting fired after being considered angels, yeah. right? Heroes. Angels live here, angels mm -hmm. work, heroes. And now they're getting fired because we have a system in place that vilifies mm -hmm. these same people that survived without a vaccination. It drives me batshit crazy, yeah. Allison, to see what's happening. It does, and it drives me crazy too. And I don't understand why it doesn't um, infuriate more people. We stopped donating to our, our local me children's too. hospital right. because they were forced vaccinating. And I'm like, I wrote them a letter and I said, you know, you can no longer count on our donation um, until you give a, a respect the medical freedom of all your employees and and my question is this like if you are in a hospital if you are um in a state where you need the care of professionals especially if you have a young child right and your child i mean lyle was in the NICU for a few days when he was born if your child is in a place of needing care do you want the best care possible or do you want the best vaccinated person possible. Like, do you understand? Like, like right. you, you want right. the best person available and maybe that person has made a different decision for their own health and well-being, and you don't want them to treat you or your child because they're not vaccinated. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and I think it's sad and people have completely lost sight of, you know, and, and then, but that's another delineation people drove, right? Like this whole essential versus non-essential. Everybody is essential. Everybody's role plays an essential part of, of what happens in this community. But those people are, are on a different level. Like they literally save lives and they risked their lives when there was very little information about this virus. And they did so willingly and they did so um, out of the sense of service that they have within their hearts. And we thanked them and we praised them and now we condemn them because this vaccine is available and they don't want to take it. It's, it's, it's just wrong and it's sick. And I, I don't understand people who can chast people who get this injection, but then chastise people that don't, because then that just means you don't trust the injection. Like if you have it, you're good. So what does it matter? It doesn't make sense. Like you can't have it both ways. You don't get to continue to live in fear and champion that everybody should get this vaccine because obviously you don't trust the vaccine you just got if you're still living in fear. Does that make like, I, like, I don't understand how people reconcile no, yeah, that in I their own that, minds yeah. um, that they are still threatened by people who are not vaccinated if they are vaccinated. Like if you get, if you get the mumps vaccine, you're not scared of getting the mumps because you have the vaccine, like I, it just doesn't work both ways. So, um, I don't, I don't know. It makes, it makes me sad. Um, I think we have dehumanized people. We've, we've reduced them to a piece of paper with the vaccination status. And like, we act like that's okay. We act like it's okay to ask people. Um, that was my first thing that kind of got me in trouble on Twitter was, um, this notion of asking athletes if they were vaccinated. I'm like, it's not your business. Um, 
<sighs> yeah, I don't know. And I, I think people are starting to wake hey, up. See, here, in, he, he, here in Indy, Carson Wentz came in mm -hmm. and he was unvaxxed. And religious, yeah. I, you know, whatever. And he's an easy, he's an easy target. He comes from Philly, and I mean, the local writer here, uh, Doyle, is like, well, if they cut him, I'll drive him to the airport. He's not a leader. Blah blah blah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if he met the guy. I, I read this and I get fascinated because when you when you talk to somebody that you say, well, um, so and so isn't vax. Well, what's he trying to do? Kill people? You know, that's a, like, uh, no, he just made a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there are certain talking points. Well, you're trying to kill someone's mm -hmm. grandmother. No, yeah, because, no, you know, and, and I am. No, yeah, th ahead. that's the whole idea. Well, some people can't get it and blah, blah, blah. So you're putting them at risk. And and, and that was something that um, was a weak argument to begin with, because that's not just how we operate as a society, right? Like we're, we're, um, we're an individualist society. But uh, second of all, like, once people realize, I knew it ahead of time because I had looked at the Pfizer information and it was not tested um, for, for being able to stop infection and transmission. So I, I warned people, like, they don't know, like, because ethically you can't infect someone with COVID and then test how it happens, right? So they were tracking it. They, they didn't know. And then now that we know that you can still get and spread it, even if you are vaccinated, like that just nullifies every argument that you have that you're selfish to not get it or, or whatnot. And um, people still cling to that though. It's, it's very bizarre to me. And like, but again, it's all this circular reasoning. And then it's almost like they just want you to shut off your brain and just do it. Just do it because they've been told from the beginning that once everybody's vaccinated, this is over and you're the reason it's not back to normal. Um, and it, it's, it's that old saying, it's easier to fool a man than, than to show him he's been fooled. And it's like, yes, you were sold this bill of goods, but what you're getting is not what they promised. And um, my health is not a threat to you. Like, I, I just don't know how people don't understand that. Like, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, and I'm, I, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping people are waking up. I think they are with like the number of boosters, right? I mean, like now we're looking at number four. At some point you have to say like, okay, this, this isn't what they said it was going to be. Um, but some people are so indoctrinated that they just, they can't see it any other way. And they have to blame somebody like that's the culture we live in. Everybody blames somebody. Nobody takes responsibility. Nobody takes ownership for their own health from the beginning. It was wait for us to save you, stay indoors and wait for this miracle. Um, it was never do what you can to keep yourself safe, get outside, you know, decrease your risk of getting a severe sickness by exercising, losing weight, cutting out processed foods and sugars, getting vitamin D. Um, no, it was stay inside, order delivery and wait for us to save you. Um, and I think a lot of people are still waiting on that. Explain, you mentioned booster shots, uh, and I'm going to tie this into sports. Uh, explain this science of this to me. So I've been vaccinated. The combine is here in Indy. So usually I do my radio show from mm -hmm. the combine. So I'm all set to do my radio show from the combine. Now you got to understand the combine is in the same building where 60,000 people unvaccinated or vaccinated, no proof either mm -hmm. way, go to Colts games, eight, nine of them this year, 60,000. There is no masks, nothing. They said to me, well, you cannot come to the combine because you haven't been boosted. 
I get rules for organizations, okay? Yeah. I get that. But what's the science behind 60,000 people in a building and then because there's like 2,000 and I'm vaxxed but not boosted, I can't go? What's the science there? First of all, can you just believe that came out of your mouth? Like, seriously, step back. What? I'm vaccinated, but I'm not. Like, do, do you understand how asinine that is? That right. we are talking about not being like, right. come on, people, this, like, go back to 2019. If you were to say that shit, you'd be like, what are you talking about boosted? And okay, first of all, but that's, that's, that's the place right. we've come to. Like, I forget, I feel like sometimes we forget how right. far we've gone down this rabbit hole. There isn't, there isn't science. So, the, okay. I, I, the mandates have no scientific backbone because they don't stop transmission and they don't stop infection. So if you need to get boosted to increase your immunity or antibody response or whatever, fine, do that. But the only person that's going to help is you because it's going to reduce your likelihood of being hospitalized from COVID-19. You've had COVID, right, Dan? Twi yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not twice. Yeah, once. So you've yes. had COVID. So yeah. that should be your boost. I mean, like that's the natural immunity that every study across the globe has showed is superior right. to every form of injection, which has always been the course. It has always been the case throughout the course of vaccination history. Natural immunity has always been superior. Um, it is, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I, I just, you can't explain it because it doesn't um, follow logic. It doesn't follow science. It's, just rules to make rules to make rules. I wish I knew, I would love to dig into like the financial ties between perhaps the pharmaceutical industry and their advertisers and marketing and what they spend on like the NFL, because it's got, I just don't understand how you can force this on people and require it of people to work. I mean, like I saw, I got a, I got an email from, I still am on their email list for ESPN and it was about, um, I think spring football games. And it was like, as a reminder, you had to have your booster by January 24th. If you're eligible two months after receiving the J and J or whatever it is, four months after the Pfizer. And I'm like, seriously, like, thank God I didn't just do this to do, you know, so I could keep working or like, cause it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I mean, like, honestly, there, I wish there were more people like within our, within the media that would just take a stand and be like, I'm not covering your shit. Just like the players did, you know, if the, if the, if the media writers rallied around and said like, no, we're not doing this booster shit. We agreed to your one. We did it. Like we did our part. We, you know, we made that sacrifice or whatever to, to keep working and keep everybody safe and create a safe work environment, blah, blah, blah. But now we know things are different. All of us have probably had it. Omicron's been around. Everybody I know has had it, I feel like. Um, and so if, if perhaps the media were to rally together and say like, no, this is asinine, there's no reason to require us to be boosted, um, then there could be some change, but there's not because there's too many people who are so far gone that they think everybody should be forced to do this. The other thing is like, why isn't there an alternative? Test. Why can't you test? Like, okay, if you haven't been boosted, boosted. I hate that freaking term. Um, then test, like offer an alternative where if the masks were wear a mask and test, I just, that's what I had to do. Um, the last event I worked for ESPN was the Pac-12 media day. And they kept asking for my vaccination status. And finally I was like, I'm not, I'm not providing that. And they're like, okay, well then provide us a negative COVID-19 test and wear a mask. And I did, but all of a sudden like, that's not acceptable because just like on one day, the masks are required and one day they're not required. One day masking and testing is okay. And one day you have to be vaccinated. Um, yeah.
It just it's stupid. I'm telling you, it, 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 when do you think this ends? Again, from the beginning, it ends when we say it ends. It ends when everybody says, I'm not coming to the combine and covering it. I'm done. Like people, people are going to have to put themselves in uncomfortable situations and take a stand and speak up. And it's, it's hard for me because I know that, and I think we've talked about this. Like, I know that privately so many more people feel the way we do and know this is asinine and know this is stupid, but they're just not willing to take that risk and speak out publicly. And I understand that. And I'm, I'm not criticizing them for that, but it's frustrating because nothing's going to change until those people do. And to the people that are texting you and I on the side, like, yeah, this is bullshit. Can you believe this? Can you believe ESPN's doing this? Can you believe the NFL's doing this? Once those people say enough, I'm not doing this anymore. I had a reaction the first time or I'm not comfortable the second time. I ha I've had COVID since I had the vaccine. I don't feel like I need the booster. Um, that's when it ends. It, it ends when we say it ends and not a day sooner because people that get power don't relinquish it without a fight. You know, I mean, we know the same people and a couple of my guys always start texts to me like, the geniuses at ESPN have done. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's always it always starts with the geniuses. Mm -hmm. There's a lot and of I, I watched that last night and I just had to change the channel. I had to go watch Purdue because I'm watching that going, Jesus Christ, this is just what are we what are we doing? I mean, just as you said, you said it perfectly. Just because you say something yeah. is true doesn't make yeah. it true. And and that's Oh, well, I appreciate you, A-Dubs. Thanks, Thanks for everything. That's awesome every stuff. When's the show? When's the okay, show? Okay, so we're, show? We're, we're starting our interviews next month. Um, we're actually going to do like a series of long-form interviews. We kind of pivoted a little bit. Um, so we're going to do a, a series of long-form interviews with some of the more controversial sports figures. And uh, we start shooting in a month. And I can't wait. I don't know if I still know how to use that part of my, my brain. My goal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. My goal is to do something so ridiculous, either good or bad, that I get on your show. Done. That's my goal. I want to do something so, so <laughs> insane that people are like, oh, we got to talk to this clown. You know, I, I've been on the, I've been in the periphery. I haven't done anything completely wacky. You've, you've tested the waters a little I, bit, I could. though. <laughs> you've dabbled. I could. Yes, I could. I'm afraid. You're the best. Thank Back you, uh, America owes that woman an apology. I, they do. I mean, she stood up when no one else was, and now, as I knew she would be, she would be right. Hey, uh, Dylan, I'm going to send you some fades. I got a couple of fades coming up. I've also got – look, I ain't mad about it. What does that mean? That means there's something in sports that's happening, and I ain't mad about it. You might be mad about it. Eh, I ain't mad about it. We'll come back with that, and I'm going to give you some winners tonight. I gave you a couple last night, didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah, I did. We'll be right back. Hey, a couple things. Number one, thanks to Allison Williams for joining the show. She's awesome. And when her show starts on the Daily, I think it's the Daily Mail. Uh, no, it's not. God dang it. Daily Caller. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. And she's going to end up hosting the Nightly News. I mean, I'm going to end up in my basement, but that's all right. But she's going to end up hosting the nightly news. And also, I got to tell you all, thank you all for coming on the YouTube uh, chat. I really appreciate every day you guys come on there and you're dynamite. Every day, uh, folks go to YouTube and they come on. I got the president on there, as always, and you guys make it fun for me. And when it's fun for me, that I appreciate. Uh, today at uh, 12 o'clock to 3, I'm doing my show on 107.5. We got a... 
it's a yearly tradition. Uh, two things. One, I rip Chris Ballard all year long. And then two, Chris Ballard comes in studio and we go through it like men, not little whiny ass liberals, not little whiny ass conservatives. We just go at it like men. I ask him, why the hell is he screwing around with Carson Wentz? And he tells me to stick it. It's glorious radio. You can go to 107.5, the fan. It's the most honest radio or uh, interview you will hear all year long. All right, a couple of things I ain't mad about. I just asked Allison Williams about this, and I got to tell you, I ain't mad about Tom Brady coming back. Now, I don't know if I'm supposed to be mad about it, but here's what happens with people like Brady. The same people that build him up get tired of him, and they want him to go. And then every little slap that was third-team all-conference linebacker thinks that he knows what Tom Brady should do. Well, you know, he, he, he should go out on top. Yeah, yeah you got to go out on top. If you're Tom Brady, oh, really? Why? And leading the league in touchdowns and everything else it isn't going out on top? I don't know. Well, you know, he and Arians didn't get along. This is my neighborhood right here, Maryville, Indiana. Big fat guy. Big encased meats guy. Well, you know, he and Arians, right? I didn't get along. Shut up. I don't know if he and Arians got along. I don't know if he and Arians didn't get along. But I do know this. I would play until I dropped. If I had the opportunity to play professional basketball, football, baseball, hockey, soccer, whatever, I would play until I knew that I had absolutely nothing left because you never get a life like that. I don't care what anybody says. You never get a life like that. You get to hang out with like-minded guys, competitive guys. You get to talk shit. You're the leader of an entire building, of an entire organization. Yes, Tom Brady has the TB12 stuff. Yes, he's got 8 million things going on. But you can tell already that Brady wants to do stuff. He's starring in some, I don't know, kind of reality-based sitcom. He's wanting to do. Like you want to do. Sitting around sounds great. Like two days ago, Monday, I sit, I could not wait. I did five hours of radio. I'd been on the road Friday, played golf, drank Saturday, uh, and spoke Saturday, played 50 holes of golf, had more vodka than I've had in my life maybe with my boys, had a great day. Sunday got up and spoke. Sunday flew home, got home at 2 in the morning, did this show. Monday, by about 4, I'm done. I want to take a nap. Well, guess what? By about 5.30, I'd had enough. I got to go do something. There are certain people that can nap, can hang out. I am not one of those. Brady does not appear to be one of those. I totally understand it. Totally, completely. So the truth of the matter is, I ain't mad if Brady wants to get the hell out of the house. Well, I'll tell you what, Dan. If I had Giselle at home, I would never leave. Shut up. The hell you would. Or maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd like to lay around and nap all day. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Uh, not even a little can I do it. Period. Sean McVay not going to the combine. Now, here's the deal. Sean McVay, it is a new way of building a team. The new way is, screw these draft choices. Let's get some guys in here. When Urban Meyer was on our show on Mondays, he said that very thing about Jacksonville. Hell yeah, we got to take Trevor Lawrence. 
But let's get some real guys in here and let's load this roster with some guys instead of waiting two years on a guy or two. Like here in Indy, everybody loses their mind over this guy, Quiddy Pay. Quiddy Pay's all right. But man, wouldn't you like to have had, I don't know, Von Miller? Huh. Maybe not in five years, but right now you sure the hell would. So I'm not mad even a little bit at a guy not going to the combine. Robert Sala is not going to the combine. That dude ought to be sitting in the front row of the combine. That dude ought to be taking notes on which way guys part their hair. That guy ought to be following guys into the shower, Robert Sala. He needs information. He needs dudes. He should be there. I don't know what his deal is, and I don't care. The Jets are for another morning show. We don't talk about the Jets, McCarthy being fired, or much about LeBron James' feelings on this particular day. That's for another network, another show. On this show, we just simply talk real, and I got to tell you, if I'm Sean McVay, I ain't going, you know what I'm going to? The film room. I want to find out which film person, which person on film can help me win another Super Bowl. Period. Period. That's it. That's what I care about. I don't care about the rest of this crap. Hey, look, Slap Dick Johnny can run a 3-4-40. Uh, four, four, Great. Good for Slappy. Don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Unless, of course, it becomes something that matters to me. And then you haven't done your homework and you didn't go to the combine. You know how this goes. But the way of building an NFL team is no longer from inside out. It's from outside in. And it is no longer paying our own, the old Grandpa Polian way. It is from getting the best playmakers that fit your particular team. And let's go. And if you got to add a Von Miller, add him. If you're smart enough to get an OBJ, get him. That's it. Period. Ad infinita, as Knight used to say. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky apparently is going to move on from the Buffalo Bills. Mitchell Trubisky is interesting. Mitchell Trubisky excuse me, is not as horrible as all of you think he is. He actually led the Bears to the playoffs. You know, 13 or 14 years, the Bears haven't made the playoffs. The Bears are arguably the biggest city, worst organization in football. The other two in New York, the Jets anyway, they don't even count. But the Bears are traditional. The Bears are a team that everybody in Chicago loves. And this new quarterback is going to be our best quarterback ever. I watched it when Gary Huff out of Florida came to the Bears. I watched it when Bob Avellini out of Maryland came to the Bears. When Mike Phipps was traded for. When Jim McMahon came in. When Doug Flutie was brought in. Are you kidding me? But Mitchell Trubisky was traded up for and taken ahead of Patrick Mahomes uh, and Deshaun Watson. Man, everybody knew this was the next guy. That was after Jay Cutler came in. And, of course, Jay Cutler was going to be the greatest guy. The Bears are the worst organization in football. So you cannot, you absolutely cannot judge Mitchell Trubisky by playing for the Bears. I hope Mitchell Trubisky gets another chance. I do not hope that it is in Indianapolis, as there's nothing about Mitchell Trubisky other than his age, I guess, that makes him an upgrade from Carson Wentz. There just isn't. There just isn't. So there you go. I think they're moving on, or he's going to move on, and I hope it's to a starting quarterback. Seems like a nice kid. They referred to Mitchell Trubisky 
as the kind of, he is the date your daughter guy. Meaning you ain't mad if Mitchell Trubisky dates your daughter. So I ain't mad about Mitchell Trubisky moving on. I ain't mad about Sean McVay not going to the combine. And I damn sure ain't mad about Tom Brady coming back. I want him to come back because who is going to watch? Think about this. Tampa Bay. You watching Tampa Bay? When Tampa Bay comes on the 4 o'clock game, you watching Tampa Bay? No. Leonard Fournette said he at one point he was just as important as Tom Brady. No. No. Nobody's watching. Nobody's turning on Tampa Bay to watch Leonard Fournette except Leonard Fournette's people. That's it. Man, I want to watch a 300-pound running back uh, bowl over two people and then get hurt. No. No. No, 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 no. And at my age, I want to watch what the hell I want to watch. And I need appointment TV. All right? The Jaguars trading the number one pick. Armando Seguero and I just had a discussion about the number one pick in the draft. There ain't no number one pick. You guys like that Hutchinson kid from Michigan. What the hell did he do in the college football playoff when he played against the best of the best? I'll give you an answer. He didn't do jack shit. Why am I drafting him first? Hey, maybe he's a great pick. I don't know. But we got a Michigan guy here, Quiddy Pay. At least Hutchinson had good numbers. Quiddy Pay had no numbers coming out of college, and he really didn't have any numbers this year. I don't care what Pro Football Focus says. It not matter to me. I can watch. I can see. Eh. So I'm, not, I'm all in on the Jaguars doing that whole Herschel Walker traded so that you can, if you're the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, get a million draft choices and win Super Bowls. If I'm Jacksonville, I want guys, and I want them now. That's what Urban Meyer told them to do. Nobody wants to listen. All anybody wants to say is, man, Urban was bad. Urban knew exactly what he was doing. Knew exactly. All right. I got no problem whatsoever with Aaron Rodgers being the highest paid player in football. Let me explain to you why. For whatever the reason, the Green Bay Packers have had really good quarterbacks in the shittiest situations. I mean, let's be honest. Is there a shittier place to be a quarterback than Green Bay? Denver, you ask? Well, I think you're in the West, so you play a lot of games in the West. Green Bay, you do get to play in a dome or two, but you still got to go to Chicago. You still play half your games at home, then a guaranteed game in Chicago. It's the worst. And Aaron Rodgers, you can make the argument, last, I don't know, five years, been as good a quarterback as anybody in the history of the NFL. Now, you guys that don't know your ass from third base, well, he hasn't won a Super Bowl in five years. Yeah, shut up. It's team sport. But the truth of the matter is, Aaron Rodgers, I got no problem. If you want to say, hey, look, on a two-year deal, I'm going to get you $50 million per or whatever the highest paid player is. See, in Indianapolis, we have it backwards. In Indianapolis, we have a running back. We play in a dome. We play in the South. You go play Tennessee. You go play Jacksonville. You go play Houston in a dome. You go play in warm weather. You should be a fast team. We got it bass-ackwards. But the truth of the matter is, they kind of have it bass-ackwards too in Green Bay, but it works for them. I mean, they got a quarterback that slings it all around in a place where, I don't know, the average temperature is 72 below zero from November until what? 
July? Well, Dan, it's really nice in the summer. Good, he ain't throwing footballs in the summer. So I am all in. If you want to say to me, hey, Aaron Rodgers, we're going to give you the, we're breaking the bank to keep you as our quarterback, shoot, I'm, I'm in on that. If I'm the Colts, I give you Quentin Nelson. I give you Darius Leonard. What else you want? You want Wentz? Take him. For two years of Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wins with a guard. Nobody wins paying a guard 17 to 20 million. Nobody wins because your will linebacker can't tackle, but he can get some interceptions. Nobody does that. Fine. Colts, make the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna propose that to Ballard today when Chris Ballard, the general manager, is on my show. You know he's gonna tell me we got a generational guard. I got generational hair. Yeah, generational ass. <sighs> College basketball. Uh, Anderson Langford says, for a show that hates bitching and moaning, DD bitches and moans the most. I do. Hey, Dan, I know my ass from third base. That's MRC14. Uh, we need a petition to have Dan try CBD. Hey, look, I'll try anything. I've told you before. If you're driving around in pharmaceutical sales and you need a guinea pig, I'm your guy. I'm so tired of living in pain. I'm so tired of backs. I'm so tired of knees. I'm so tired of my hip. I'm so tired of all of it. I'll take anything. Hey, Lee. No, she's not here. You got it. I'll take it. Now, I'm not big on the opiate thing because I do know and I have seen the effects of the opiate crisis. So I'm not big on that. But the truth of the matter is, let's go. CBD, my ass. Throw some THC in that CBD and now we're in business, people. Please. All right. A couple of other things. Uh, Let's get some fades going. Look at me. Come here. Look at me close. Look at me tender. Look at me nice. Look at this head. Look at this red head. Okay, look at all this. Look at this mess. This head is going to win you money. Tonight, tonight, in the assembly hall, uh, some lady's name, Simon Scott or something, assembly hall, Indiana is playing Rutgers basketball. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. The line is five. If you are a gambler, do this responsibly. I personally, tonight, am going to do it irresponsibly. I'm going to take Indiana. I'm going to give you the five. I may not even watch the game. I may not even watch the damn game. Why? Because Indiana is going to be up 10 at half. If they're not up 10 at half, they'll be up 10 in the middle of the second half. They're going to cruise to a win, 10, 12, 14, and your toes are going to be tapping. This is not a win or get in scenario for Indiana or Rutgers because if Indiana loses, Indiana goes and plays Purdue on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it is, and if Indiana wins that game, guess what? They're in the tournament. So the dummies all across the state of Indiana that are saying, well, this is a win or get in scenario, they just don't know. They just don't know. But I'm giving you one tonight. I'm giving you one. I'm giving you one tonight that is going to make us all rich. Now, the only way that this doesn't come in tonight is if somehow, some way, 
you hear that Race Thompson or Trace Jackson Davis or both are out and they're not. But I'm just telling you, this may be the lock of the century. Rutgers is reeling. They, I don't want to say what they did, but they basically, what's the right word? I don't know. They, 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 they had their deal. They won four in a row against ranked teams. They've played a really tough schedule. They've lost three in a row, and they're going to get their ass kicked today. So take this bet. Don't bet too much because I don't want to hear, well, you know, I lost my house. No. But bet enough that you can have a nice dinner with your wife. The second one is Maryland against Minnesota. It's at Maryland. Now, you got to understand something. Minnesota is a complete train wreck. Indiana was up 27. 27 on the road at Minnesota in the barn. Now, the game ended up five or seven because a kid named Peyton Willis, and I mean literally, lost his mind jacking up threes. I mean, he's fading, falling, leaning, leaning. I mean, you name it, Peyton Willis did it. All right. They came back. Yay, rock. Go fight, win. But they are a train wreck. Maryland, they're okay. This is more of a bet against uh, Minnesota than a bet for Maryland. Maryland's playing better. Fats Russell is playing his brain. Hey, Lee. Man, she likes Fats Russell because I think it's F-A-T-T-S. I think that's what it is. I'm not as in love with this bet as I am the Indiana bet because, frankly, the Indiana bet, look, there's no such thing as locks. But this is pretty close. Now, there's some interesting games tonight. Like Notre Dame playing like crazy to get in the NCAA tournament is minus two at Florida State. Florida State, if they had all their guys, that would be different. Seton Hall, where Lauren, I miss Lauren. Lauren was our producer. I miss her. Uh, Lauren Seton Hall Pirates are 13.5-point favorites against Georgetown. Georgetown will screw you because they'll keep playing hard to the end. So I'm not touching that. Uh, Clemson is minus eight against Georgia Tech. I wouldn't touch that, not even a little bit. I might touch George Washington minus seven and a half. I'll get rid of the hook over, uh, over Duquesne. I hate that Duquesne isn't very good. I'm a big Duquesne fan because I like Keith Dambrot. I think Keith Dambrot's a really good dude. I hate that he's getting his brains beat out. I don't like it. Uh, UConn minus four against uh, Creighton. That's an interesting one. I think UConn's good. Creighton's going to have 23,000 people in there tonight. The interesting game to me is DePaul at home against Marquette. Now, when I see this and I look at it and I make my own line, I was going to make DePaul the favorite. I was going to say DePaul would be giving two. But DePaul is actually getting to. So I don't know which way to go. If you've listened to my show, you know I love Shaka Smart. I don't know to coach at DePaul. I would probably take DePaul and the two, although it seems like bad business. Like ever since the 80s, betting on DePaul seems like it's going to make you broke. Seems like it's going to put you in a situation where you got a door dash. And I don't want to have to go back to door dashing for my gambling losses. The other thing I would look at tonight, not under. I almost said under. I caught myself. Over 
137 and a half in the Maryland um, Minnesota game. It's almost like when I see it, something in the Big Ten with bad teams in the 130s, I'm almost drawn to it like a moth to a flame. I'm almost like brain dead, blinded, going, got to have, got to have, must have. Gimme, 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 gimme. Swear to God, as my one friend Cam Safali dances, he dances like this. It is very creepy. But anyway, I got to gimme, gimme, gimme when I see 137 and a half in a Big Ten game, particularly a Big Ten game with bad teams. The good teams will guard you. The bad teams don't guard. I'd take over 137, and I probably am. So there's our show for today. I got to thank all of you. Like, even you, Mr. Rogers, who is completely whacked out on our YouTube chat because he can't get, I don't know what Joe Biden did to him. I don't know, but it must have been good because we got dudes on the YouTube. We got dudes everywhere that are just so in love with their parties. I don't get it. But I appreciate you listening every day. Today is the interview of the year in Indianapolis. Everybody looks forward to it. It is when I sit down in the studio with the general manager of the Colts, Chris Ballard. If you want to watch it, go to YouTube.com, search me, Dan Dockett's show. There'll be about 500 people on there. I'll take some questions. If you want to listen to it, you go to 107.5thefan.com. Or wherever you get your stuff, you know, the Spotify's of the world, all those places, you can listen to it. It literally, I'm not going to lie to you, I've been at this station for 14 and a half years. In my 14 and a half years at this radio station, not one time has anybody advertised within our station, on our Twitter, on our wherever, that I'm doing an interview. Now, we've had, I don't know how many, we had Urban Meyer the morning after he won a national championship. We had Kay the morning after. We've had so many national champion coaches. It might be for a local show, the greatest interview list in the history of radio. But this is how big this show is today. For the first time, numero uno, our station has advertised this interview. That's big stuff. All right, we're going to be back at it tomorrow. And tomorrow, Kaharski is going to join us from Outkick 360. Tomorrow, he is, what do they say? He's got boots on the ground, ladies and gentlemen, at the combine. He must have had a booster shot. If you're just finding our show, thanks. If you've been tuning in for a long time, thanks. El Presidente, the great Sean Black, thanks. If you've been listening to both here and our other show, that's five hours of greatness every day. Ryan, can't thank you enough. Dylan, I knew you threw up your hand today and had a battle. You had a battle through traffic. Kaharski from the Combine tomorrow. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. Do yourself a favor. Go to a local bar. Find a bookie. Get Indiana minus five tonight and take your wife out for a lobster dinner tomorrow. It's Oh, wait. Today's Lent, right? Today's Ash Wednesday. You can't eat meat. So go get you a nice fish. Get a nice fish on Friday with the money that you win today. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back here tomorrow with Don't At Me.